Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guide books. Second Acts. Aye, aye, aye. Second, Second Acts. I do love this sort of like cultural adoption of what I feel like is a theater term. Is it cultural? I thought it was maybe just a thing you and I were talking about. No, I, haven't heard I it. feel like the. I mean, they named that Jennifer Lopez movie Second Act about this next part of her life. Oh, I have no memory of this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last I guess thing it I came can out remember... in like 2018. Because I think the last thing I remember from her was the movie where Lizzo was in it and they were strippers. It was Hustlers. Hustlers, yes. I don't recall much of Jennifer Lopez's filmography, except for The Wedding Planner and Made in Manhattan. Well, this lives in that world, kind of. Oh, I know a lot of (laughs) films. You do know a lot of her films. Jack. I I don't know that. The Cell. Oh, The Cell, yeah. Right. Night, the stuff of nightmares. Also, Enough is a great movie. Enough. I said enough. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm saying it's mm-hmm. a great movie. Mm-hmm. So anyway, second acts. Second acts. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is, I mean, that's a term we use in the theater all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, act two. Yeah. I think it's funny how like, you know. Oh, that's a theater term? That's where that came from? a theater term. A theater term? Yeah. It came from the theater? The theater. I mean, typically films have like five acts. Mm-hmm. Right, or three acts or something like that. I think I they know. talk about like films in like three acts You're or the something like that. Like Shakespeare plays have five acts. Mm-hmm. A second act is an intermission and we come back for act two, right? Yeah. I mean, I have to say like theater pieces that have two acts are deeply criticized for how well act two goes. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes like new musicals, it'll be like act one was amazing and then act two wasn't as great. Right. And that's not always. Into the Woods has an amazing act one and then like, Boom, pow, literally, act two is just some of the best writing ever. Yeah. Sweeney Todd has like this epic act one and then this really tight, almost like boutique. Fast act two. Fast act two. Yeah. It's like, you know, it is what it is. But second acts as part of like one's life, I think it's very interesting. Yeah. And (laughs) it does sort of like assume that you only get one. Life? No, I'm saying like one second act. I feel like we live a life of multiple acts. Of course. You know, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Because all the world's a stage and all the men and women are (laughs) merely players. And do you know what play that came from? Mm -hmm. Which play? Um, It came from Romeo and Juliet. Great. 
yeah. Yeah. When Romeo and Juliet is called as you like it, then yeah, it'll yeah. definitely <laughs> come from <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Looking for adventure, I want to follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky, don't wake the sun There's so much to be done, and the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real, you can feel You can open your eyes, and open your heart when you gain at the National Park. At the National Park. At the National Park. Follow you, I'll follow you We would like to acknowledge that while hiking and exploring the lands, also known as Glacier National Park, that we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Blackfeet Nation and the Tanaka Nation. Well, everybody, we are officially in the second act of this season. The intermission, ain't it great? Yes. The intermission. <laughs> yes. I mean, we did take a break. We did take an intermission. However... <laughs> That intermission happened about a month prior. About a month prior to this episode airing. Strap in, everyone, because we are in the second half of the season. Yeah, wild times, right? We're going to be in Glacier the entire time. Yeah. So every long form episode from here until the end of our long form episodes, Mm -hmm. which is the end of June, end of May. I think we have some scheduled for June as well. Really? Even through Pride Month? We did too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, surprises even for me. <laughs> so we put that together months ago, that we would still do long format episodes in my long-term in, memory in is shot. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'm like a goldfish. So yes. Tell me new we things. We will have long form day. episodes all the way through the end of June, as well as for pride mixes that are also will be in June Because we're well. smart. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> glacier trails all the way to the end of June, everybody. Because there was a lot that happened in Glacier. There was a lot. We were able to spend seven days fully in Glacier. Yeah, probably the most amount of time we've spent in a single park in a single concurrent time frame. Because Correct. we've probably spent about that much time in Acadia and that much time in Shenandoah. And but that never much time all in the once. Smokies, but yeah. never all at once. Right. So it was a major part of our journey. And it was honestly sort of like a holdover from a trip we were going to take in the first year of the pandemic that obviously didn't happen. Really glad we didn't go there. Really glad we really didn't go Really glad we went mm-hmm. this time. Yeah. So yeah, get ready. It's a lot of Glacier, but honestly, I don't know. Oh, glacier is high, high on my list of... Oh, I yeah. really just recently did a reassessment of my, my favorites, favorites and she is high on the list. She's high on the list. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Like I have stopped thinking of my favorites and like a hierarchy or like a list going like one through 10 on the page. Mm-hmm. And I think of them more as orbits, mm-hmm. like a whole bunch of them, like orbit really closely to me mm-hmm. and then some orbit a little further away mm-hmm. and then some orbit a little further away because I can't possibly choose a favorite now. And then there's Pluto. I mean Congaree. Right. I mean Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> right. I hear you, girl. <laughs> the spider planet. 
So we left North Dakota very early in the morning, or as we said when we were there, North Dakota. North Dakota. Yeah. We definitely left uh, Med- Medora, which is where we were Medora, staying. I almost right. said Midori Sour. Mid- <laughs> <laughs> we um, left Medora, uh, North Dakota. We will talk about that next season in all of our episodes about Theodore Roosevelt National Park, mm-hmm. which is why we were in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. But Medora was the lovely spot. This place where we stayed was literally away from everything. Yep. We had to drive about 35 minutes off the highway, mm-hmm. like around nothing, yeah. to get to this tiny little speck on the road where there happened to be like cabins, some cabins and, and a bar. that's where we stayed. And then it had a bar too. Yeah. Things we'll also talk about in that episode is how like the previous day I fully overheated on a trail mm-hmm. because I'm a human and not superhuman and uh, overheating happens sometimes. That's not what it said on your Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous about these glacier trails. And this was sort of early on in the trip. I was like, if I'm overheating right now, what am I going to do for this next mm-hmm. week? You know, mm-hmm. If the glaciers are melting, then I'll be melting I'll too. I'll be melting too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This drive was probably like the second longest one that we had taken on the trip in total in our five-week road trip. Wait, Really? Oh, it was up there. It was high oh, up there. Oh, it was. We, but we thought it wasn't going to be. No. That's right. We thought this was going to be only but like a ladies, quick eight hours. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Montana. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Montana is Montana. a very, very long state. It is wide. And, and Glacier is basically all the way to the west. In the top corner. Mm-hmm. It's not far from the Canadian border. No. And not far from the Washington border. Mm-mm. When we were there, we were like, we really are only like seven hours from Olympic National Park. Yeah. Why didn't we incorporate, incorporate that? Because that? that would have meant it was like a two-month road trip. It was. Yeah. It would have been. Yeah. And we would have been like, you know, I don't know what we would have been when we I came back. <laughs> Wilderness men. We would have been. Mm-hmm. The drive took us through a bunch of little towns. There were also a lot of people we noticed were biking on the highway. Oh, yeah, yeah. That were like in recumbent bikes or like actually biking that had like giant packs on. And it was hot. So hot. And there was nothing. Montana is vast and open and empty. Big yeah. sky country, Big, folks. Yes. And the sky is giant. Yeah. And also the roads just go on forever. Seemingly and forever. Never stop. Every time we hit a town put gas in the car right because we were afraid we were going to get into a situation where we were driving for a long stretch and there were sometimes not gas stations for 150 miles right those signs would be on the highway though to let you they'd know. let you know yeah. but it's like what imagine seeing one of those and it being late at night and you needing gas yeah. and like the gas stations close panic panic <laughs> yeah. right right mm-hmm. maybe they don't close that don't was know. like me reliving childhood trauma <laughs> right <laughs> the entire drive through montana right. being stranded on the roadside watching too many unsolved mysteries and lifetime originals <laughs> well you chose i did choose yeah so we were staying in east glacier there are different parts of glacier national many park different or parts. different areas yep. associated with glacier national park particularly east glacier west glacier to medicine mm-hmm. pole bridge We were staying in East Glacier. Mm -hmm. So we were coming in from the east. So what did we see on our drive-in from the east? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) It was just empty fields. It was a lot lot of of empty fields. and fields. It was very burnt. Everything looked brown. There was not a lot of color. There were some trees near what would have been streams, I guess. Just a lot of fences on the roadside. 
I don't even think we saw like livestock or anything. It was open blue sky and clouds and people on bikes. And that led us to driving through the Blackfoot Reservation. Which the year prior was because of COVID, basically you couldn't get to Glacier from the east. The reservation had closed off completely. And that's essentially the only way to really get to East Glacier, to Madison, and to... Man, and many, many glacier. glacier. Yeah. So that's the only way that you would really be able to get to East Glacier, uh, to Medicine and Many Glacier. Without going on going to the Sun Road. Right, right. Yeah. Which we'll get to in a second. <laughs> and so we drove through the Blackfoot Reservation. We made it to the other side of the reservation. And then there are these really tall, like out of nowhere, amidst all of this brown desert type of landscape, there were these giant mountains in the distance. Yeah. And I said, you think that's Glacier National Park? Mike was like, I I don't know. Well, we're going to see. And so we just kept getting closer and closer and closer and closer. I mean, some of the biggest mountains I've seen ever... Like at a close range. Oh, certainly. And then lo and behold, they were. Mm -hmm. The road that was taking us from the Blackfoot Reservation to East Glacier, the only road that will do that, certainly started to gain some elevation. I was driving at this point and I remember going like, oh, great, here we go. Mm -hmm. I don't love driving windy elevation. I think you did too. And I said I was all right. Yeah. And I kept going. We eventually pulled into what is the town of East Glacier. Mm -hmm. And there is some hotels. I'd say it's a little town. Oh, it's a little town. It's kind of a quiet village. Sure. I'd imagine every day is like the one before. Great. Right. Here we go again. (laughs) There's at least one sort of, I'm I'm using air quotes right now, Mm -hmm. resort place to stay. Sure. Other than that, it's just mostly campgrounds. Mm Mm-hmm. There's like not a supermarket really. There are some like general stores that have food and stuff in that them. That are also right. very expensive because you, they basically have you over a barrel because and you're right there. There is like two maybe gas two or stations. three restaurants. Yeah, it's pretty tiny. Like it's really tiny. The supermarket, like if you're coming in and you're staying on the east side, the thing to do would probably be to stop somewhere in the Blackfeet Reservation and go to the supermarket there because there really isn't a lot around as far as groceries in general, unless you want to pay, you know, through a the A lot nose. of money. Yes. And this is something that we very quickly discovered. Also, East Glacier has no cell signal at all. Um, I think if you have a certain... Um, carrier <laughs> than it does <laughs> that um, <laughs> that neither of us have. Well, no, no, no. I think you have no cell service if you have a certain carrier that the two of us have. But if you have a carrier that sounds like Horizon, um, then you would probably have service. Yes. I believe you would. But if you have another major carrier, then no, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no hope for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And um, we both have that major carrier. Right. When we did get in, we were recommended to stay at a campsite on the east side, which was pretty great um, in the grand scheme of things. It's called Johnson's of St. Mary. There's also a KOA on this side as well. There was a KOA on the west side too. KOA, I think, was really, really filled up. It was hard to find anything. So the Johnson's of St. Mary was a little bit more like what you would expect from a campground if you've stayed at a KOA before. KOAs are sort of like camping light. There's a lot of amenities, I would say, at a KOA, and not as many at the Johnsons of St. Mary's. But, but definitely there were all of the basic amenities right. that one would... Anything that you would need. Showers. Yes. Potable water. Yes. 
it was like a big camp area. But essentially, in order to get up there, we had to drive up a hill into the office. And because of COVID, only one person can come into the office at a time in your group. Please make sure to respect that. So I had booked four nights on the ground and then three nights in they had these cabins. And by on the ground, we mean in a tent. In a tent. On the ground. I was checking in just for the campsite. And also that drive that was supposed to end up taking us only eight hours took us 10 and a half hours. Probably like 11, I would say. Okay, 11 hours. Yeah. Um, so I'm being corrected. Uh huh. Check in was very easy. They did hand me shower tokens. Now, at this point, we were used to just being able to shower without sort of a time frame. <laughs> right. And so they were like, these shower tokens will get you six minutes of shower time. I got back in the car and I was like, okay, well, here's our campsite. And also here are our shower tokens. We each and got one. We each got one per for, the days that per we were day. there. And Made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I believe. The only thing that, the only thing that sucked about that mm-hmm. was that, not every machine right. was successful with the token. Right, and turning so the water So you'd get on. totally naked, ready to get into the shower. Mm-hmm. You'd put in the token, and then it wouldn't work. So you'd have to get dressed again, take all of your stuff out, walk to the camp uh, office. office, ask for another okay. token, and they would give it to you. Yeah, because they knew the machines were And then you'd sticky. have to go back and try again. And get naked again. <laughs> <laughs> and get ready and hope that one works. Mm-hmm. If not, you'd have to get dressed and then get naked again. <laughs> There's a lot of nudity. So the campsite was great. We were able to set up in like a pretty big... It was like an open field area where we were. But we need to talk about this moment yeah. because this was a moment of frustration for both of us. The setting up camp. Oh, because, because you were annoyed by the shower tokens. No, too. no, no, no. The shower token thing mm-hmm. was that ended up happening later. Six minutes. No, <laughs> was exactly what I got when I got back in the car. It, well, I don't remember that. But <laughs> well, great. this elephant remembers uh, all. So setting up camp, it is blistering hot. Yeah. I was concerned about, we looked at the weather and the weather said it was going to be around like 40 degrees most of the time or something like that. It was going to be cool. But we looked, when we were looking at the weather, we were looking like in the park itself. In the park. Which has more elevation, which of course it would be cooler. Right. Yeah. And so we're setting up this tent and it's so hot. And I was like, is this our life for the next seven days? That was a frustrating moment. That was a moment of like, we set everything up. We laid down in the tent for a bit and it just like pouring sweat. And I was like, okay, this really sucks. And I really hope it gets cooler because otherwise I don't know what I'm going to do. And that was the moment. That was the moment where you were broken. <laughs> I was broken. I was broken. Mm-hmm. In that and moment. I'm just over here trying to like have it all. And <laughs> you're just being <laughs> dour Debbie. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Because that's how this relationship goes. <laughs> exactly. All the time. Uh-huh. Right. I'm dour Debbie. Uh-huh. Right. Well, um, yeah, we, mm-hmm. it did. I think everyone knows the truth. Uh-huh. Um, the dourest. We did, I think, both kind of like nap from exhaustion and heat. And it did end up getting cooler that night. We needed to plan what we were going to do for the next day because despite the fact that we had done some foreplanning before we got there, we had already seen two parks and visited a friend on our road trip. While we could plan in the car on these long trips, we sort of needed to actually like solidify what we were up to tomorrow. Because the west side of Glacier is decently far from the east side, whether you're driving all the way around the park or whether you have to go 
across going to the Sun Road, it's going to take you some time. So we decided that we would probably go as far west as we could on our first day. And then that way we could... Wouldn't have to go yeah, that not far have to go again. all that far again. That is what we planned for. And with that, let's take our first break. This is a game that we came up with while hiking the trail uh, that you're about to hear about. Uh, and it's called $25,000 Art Project. Mm-hmm. We played this on the trail, and I honestly don't remember my answer at the time. Right. But we're going to play it again. The terms are this. You are gifted $25,000 to do a community art project. What's the project? Right. You can't keep any of the money. Can't keep any of the money. Um, I think my project is a sustainability project. It is both based in art and ecology. It would be a community garden space that would be able to not only create fresh fruit and vegetables for the neighborhood to teach classes on composting and gardening, There'd be greenhouses, there would be like projects that could be farmed out from there, like mural projects, large outdoor mural projects. It would be sort of like this kind of like home base education center where you could both learn how to do art, but also how to work with horticulture as well. I think even it could be like a fun mix to do a ceramic studio where you're like creating pots for the things that then you're going to then plant. Um, I think oh. it's like like seeing the process all the way through. So yeah, I mean, obviously that's not like a very firm business idea <laughs> just yet, but I'm just pie in the sky dreaming right that's now. What the, mm-hmm. that was, that's what this game mm-hmm. is about. Right? Yeah. I think mine would be about, I envision a small city art project. This would be perfect for not like a giant city, but a smaller city. I remember what yours was from the trail. I think I remember what mine was too. <laughs> However, I'll, and I'll get to it in a second, but it would be these sort of um, video advertising spaces, mm-hmm. right? And it would be like where the foot traffic happens, right? Mm-hmm. It would be this campaign where you collected interviews from all over the like city, the city from people who live there. So it's like an oral history project. It's like an oral history mm-hmm. project, but it's also visual. And you would use local photographers to take photos of these people in different places in the city. And it would feature a photo of them and then a piece of their oral history. And then you could access it through whatever the website is. Mm. And like, say the city is celebrating Pride Month, then all of the people featured in all the different video installations are all queer people, Mm. queer identifying people. Would these be like on bus uh, shelters? They could be on bus shelters. Mm -hmm. They could be wherever there's high foot traffic. Mm -hmm. Just like, I feel like we... That's a great idea. As a... As you know, a community, we're so engaged visually with advertisements sure. that it's a way to sort of like take that medium and go like, but here are p- the people around you, yeah, and here's something about them, yeah, right. And like you know, if we're making advertisements for tourism, it's just about it's the oral history of the people who currently live there mm-hmm. and the stories from them. I think my project was. Because I live oh, in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Was it to remove all the dish, dish TV? <laughs> was, <laughs> I did say that tonight. Awful. So in New Brunswick, New Jersey, there's a lot of these, a lot of homes that are uh, homes that are rented, and with each new renter comes like a new uh, like cable subscription. Often they use Direct TV, and every time there's a new person, Direct TV comes and installs like a dish on 
the house. And so there's many houses that have like, I've counted on one house at least 12 dishes. And it's like, yeah, okay, there might be multiple families living in houses that have different dishes, but not all those dishes are active at the same time. Sure. And it's just such a like, let's Dish get removal. them off the house. Also, can't you come up with a different way mm-hmm. to get your cable yeah. <laughs> to someone's home instead mm-hmm. of this like thing that has to like, sorry, I think it's such an eyesore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's where I am. <laughs> They're not an official sponsor. I can say whatever I want. And that was $25,000 art project. We literally do call this act two of Mm -hmm. our episode. Second act, baby. Second act. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about going to the Sun Road. For those that may be new to Glacier National Park, going to the Sun Road is this road that runs through the middle of Glacier National Park. Yeah, it's like a main artery for the park. It's the the main main artery artery, of the park. And so it is how you get from one place to another inside of Glacier. Mm -hmm. And this year, to ensure that there wasn't... So that people could park, because that is people consistently an issue. And so the road there wasn't was never um, any deadlock on right. going to Sun Road, because if that happens, that's then yeah. no one's going anywhere. It's a two-lane road, folks. Right. It's yeah. a two-lane road that literally feels winds like you're driving into the, the sky, mm-hmm. winds through mountains. Uh, but they had a ticketing system in order to make sure that you could access the road. Right. And the ticketing system was for access between 6 a.m. And 6 p.m. Or 5 And 5 p.m. And so you can get one that's good for seven Seven days. days. Yeah. So we ended up getting a pass. That started a few days before we got there. Like, I think we got there on July. Our first day in the park was actually the 4th of July, which is this day that we're talking about. Correct. Um, But I think ours started on June 29th or June 30th. Right. Um, So we had... We had access to the road for a few days before we arrived in Glacier, yeah. which meant we weren't going to have access to the road for a few days during the end, during the of, our end of our time. Yeah. But that's okay because there are other parts of Glacier that n- are not accessed via going to the Sun Road right. that we could still access. Which is why we tried to do as much as we could when we had the ticket on going to, on the, sun going road. to the sun road right? Yeah, and save the other stuff for later. The other thing is we are people who like to find parking spots, which means we aren't afraid to wake up early. Mm-hmm. Some of us love waking up early. Mm-hmm. Some of us I don't know about that. I mean, some I of us it. tolerate waking up early mm-hmm. because it is in fact the better idea. Mm-hmm. So we had to wake up at 4 a.m. on this day. Right now we did have access to going to the to sun going road. to the sun road on this day. However, we wanted to go all the way to West Glacier. Yeah, and find a parking spot. Yes, along the way. Yes. So it would take for us about forty-five minutes from our campsite to get to the middle of going to the sun road, which is also known as Logan Pass. Essentially, it's the middle. And so we figured it was going to take us another 45 minutes to at least get to the other side. So we were looking at an hour and a half drive, putting us there around 536 in the morning, which was good because we wanted to get an early start, hike early, hike often. Let's also talk about the fact that the sun doesn't set until like 11 o'clock in Montana. Oh, yeah, we were like in, in, in July, our tent early July at 10 p.m. And it was still just bright outside. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then it finally started to die like down 11 and get o'clock. gray, mm-hmm. 
It was dark by midnight. Uh huh. And then at like four thirty, it was light again. It was back. Right. <laughs> right. So I got up at four and made breakfast in the dark as quietly as I could. Because, and it was very quiet. Um, there are campers around us. We ate breakfast in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, we had showered the night before because we were trying to be smart. And also that 10 hour car drive necessitated that we were leaving the campsite at about 445 in the morning. And... Anytime we were on going to the Sun Road, this queer was driving <laughs> because right. the queer sitting across from me <laughs> doesn't like to drive on windy mountain roads. And I, I get it. I have a fear of ledges. Yeah. I also have a fear of driving near ledges. Mm-hmm. So there were a few things I knew I was signing up for. One, it meant that if Mike was driving going to the Sun Road, I would hear about it for the next it, it, like infinite amount of years. Two, that at any other point in the trip... If Mike goes, do you want to drive? My answer would have to be yes. And um, that I would need to do my best to like make up for some of that driving later on, which I feel like I did. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I don't want I don't want uh, a picture painted of like, well, I'm Miss like damsel over here who needs to be driven about like and doesn't do her fair share. Of the oh, driving. no, you did your fair share. Of but, complaining. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you did also drive your fair share. Yes, but I did not drive on going to the same no, road. So this was me. However, I will say this was my car that yes. we were in yes. on going to the same yes. road. So there was a moment where you were like gasping. Okay, well, let's get to that moment. <laughs> so we entered the park. It was literally our campsite was drive down the hill. Not the even a minute and a half away from yep. the entrance. So, so we drive Johnson's down St. Mary's, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We drive right through. This place had been recommended to us by Becky Lomax, mm-hmm. who uh you'll hear, you'll hear about a whole lot more mm-hmm. about her. Uh, throughout the season, mm-hmm. but she recommended that because it was so close to the entrance. Yes. Yeah. Also a Apparently, there are so many of the big hikes that are closer Closer to to East Glacier than they are West Mm -hmm. Glacier. We drive in, and at first, going to the Sun Road, really not so bad. Felt like, okay, it's a two-lane road, but it's, like, wide, and there are always guardrails. And that was true the whole way. We did pull off a few times because the sun was coming up. The views. And honestly, I think our mouths were just agape the entire time. We were like, um, well, we're, we know why we came here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was those views early in the morning like that are, I'll never forget them. I mean, it's like a painting. It's really hard to describe Glacier and to do it adequately. It's a feeling that you have when you're there. Yeah. There's no other way to say it. Like yeah. the photos don't really do it even justice. It is just a spectacular space that doesn't seem real. Like, that's the best way to describe it. So pulling off every now and again in the morning, as the sun was coming up, like we when we were first driving up, you kind of get a view of St. Mary's Lake, which is right there. The mountains there, which weren't even like the most spectacular, were still I mean, they, unbelievable. They, like They weren't, but they were. Yes, they weren't, but right. they were. This was also where we saw bighorn sheep right around right. this section of going to the sun yes. road. We continue to drive. And as we continue to drive, it definitely does get windier and it starts to get a little windier now it's still dark (laughs) it's still dark Mm -hmm. and it starts to get a little windier and it starts to get a little closer and we were like okay 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 and then that brings us to logan pass Mm -hmm. and logan pass is sort of treated like the center point of going to the sun road we found out and even though it's not really the center 
of the road. It's a lot closer East Glacier than it is West Glacier. Mm. But when we were up there, it we got to see uh, some mountain goats. gorgeous mountain goats mm-hmm. that are just... I think those could be my new favorite animal in the world. Mm-hmm. They are the coolest. Mm-hmm. There is a section of going to the Sun Road between Logan Pass and Lake McDonald. And it's a big, significant section. Mm-hmm. And that, we found out here, is the scariest section of going to the Sun Road. Mm-hmm. Now, we were on the right side of the road mm-hmm. headed west. So we were not next to like the edge. No. But we were next to edge. all of the rock face over to the right, mm-hmm. which is like jutting out and at times felt like we're just going to run right into it mm-hmm. over on the side. I'm sure some people have driven going to the Sun Road and didn't feel that way. But sitting in the passenger seat felt that way. Which brings us to... Your drama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this was, I mean, I think it was my most dramatic performance yet mm. because there were lots of gasping and lots of like, yes, I, it was also my car and I was like, oh my God, we're going to run into that. We're going to run into that boulder. Oh my God. Like the whole time mm-hmm. until finally this queer sitting across from me was like, if you want me to continue driving, then you have to check all of that. I think it was uh, snappier and icier than that. Oh, it was. But that was the the crux of the message. Mm -hmm. Yes. To which I was like, I said the things like, well, this is my car and I did it. Okay, fine. And I said, despite the fact that you paint me like a careless, reckless speed racer of a driver, I'm actually a very competent, safe driver. I I never said that you weren't a competent and safe driver. You said it with your... (laughs) (laughs) Non-words. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. maybe some other people can get in the car with you and drive to Yosemite and then mm-hmm. they'll see what I mean. Sure. See, so this is what I do. Mm-hmm. So we finally come down to the area that is no longer scary on going to the Sun Road and it's near like McDonald. Mm-hmm. And this now turns into like a much easier section yes. of this road. Yeah. Right. And so this feels safe again. Mm-hmm. So it's really just like that section from Lake McDonald to Logan Pass that feels terrifying. Mm-hmm. So, and I will say this as someone who drove the road a lot and was it comfortable with it. I mean, I will say, like, it didn't bother me, but I understand why it bothers people to drive it. And when we were done driving it, the last time we had to go up it, I wasn't upset about having to not, not having drive, to it drive it again. I mean, would I do it again? Sure. Did I love it? It was okay. I will say this. to For a long time, that road was bumpy and craggy mm-hmm. and people were still driving on it all the time. Mm-hmm. It was recently repaved. It still felt recently repaved. Yeah. yeah. And so it felt like it had had a cosmetic facelift mm-hmm. and like some structural support mm-hmm. added to it. And so it felt safe, even though it felt terrifying. Yeah. We're now closer to the West side mm-hmm. and we're passing Lake McDonald and there's some other small hikes around like trail of the cedars and some other hikes near there that we'll talk about later. And then we finally pass the Apgar Visitor Center, Mm -hmm. which is the visitor center you see right when you come in on the west side. Yes. From here, we drive to the Apgar Lookout Trailhead. If you are curious about doing that, just take a look at the map. There's like 
a few turns you got to take down a few different roads. Yeah, you're basically going past Fish Creek Campground. We also, again, since we didn't have service, had to rely on the books that the we books had. The books and the maps. And they didn't steer us wrong. However, we were driving down the roads and then they turn into dirt roads. It was a one lane dirt road for mm-hmm. a while. We had to go over a one lane bridge yeah. over a small river. Yep. We were like... We know this is right. This is what it's saying to do. I think we have to just keep going. Yeah. And eventually it did lead us to the trailhead mm-hmm. of the Apgar Lookout Trail. Mm-hmm. So Apgar Lookout is a there and back trail that totals 7.1 miles and it has an 1,845 foot elevation gain. And it is labeled a strenuous. So do we screw around? We do not. <laughs> we no, start and hard and fast. Based on what we wanted to do the rest of the week, we were like, this looks like a nice primer trail to yeah, get started to just on. Get us our feet wet with what we were going to be dealing with. Right. We get our gear on, we walk towards the trail and we had forgotten our bear spray. So we did see a warning sign for bear territory and went back and got the bear spray from the car. At this point on our trip, this was the first park that we needed bear spray. And we only had one can at the time. Dusty was carrying it. Yeah. Really every person should have their own bear spray. It's true. Yeah. I would uh, I would acquire some later in this trip. You would yeah. acquire some mm-hmm. later. We did see a biker coming up to the trail who just kind of like threw his bike in the woods. Oh, that's right. And then yeah. he was like clearly trail running. He like just zipped his way off up the trail and we followed. That's right. So the trail was at first a really lovely walk through the woods that was relatively flat. Yeah, there's a little bit of an incline. Just We're in some like piney smallest, forest. Smallest mm-hmm. amount of incline at first. Yeah. We did know that essentially this trail was three big switchbacks. Yeah. But we would have to get to that first switchback which in order to take start. Us some time. <laughs> which was going to take us like almost two miles just yeah. to get to that first yeah. switchback, which was this flattish walk through the woods. Yeah. That started out very piney. Yeah. Then it ends up becoming like a little bit more exposed. So you get to see a little bit more of the mountains and peaks that are surrounding you. It's a lot of different sorts of plants. My friend Alex, who we'd seen while we were on this trip had recommended the app Seek, which was really great because you could take a photo of a plant. It would tell you exactly what it was. And even if you didn't want to use your data or if you didn't have access to it, you could take a photo with your camera and then later upload it. They're not an official sponsor. Sorry. It currently sounds like they are, but they're not. But it is a really cool app. If it is a cool app if that you'd we like used to. a lot. So we used it a lot on this trail, which was neat um, to be able to know what the plants were. After that, like the terrain turned into more like leafy bushes. It got a little lower. They weren't like necessarily as high and we could still sort of see out and around. Yeah. There were also some like deadened trees. So there was like every now and again, you'd see like a lodgepole sort of just like up in the air, but with nothing on it, essentially. Right. Yeah. And we'll talk about this later about Glacier National Park's relationship to wildfires mm-hmm. and um, how at this time we didn't know about that and we didn't realize that some of what we would see in our time there would be remnants of those wildfires. We knew that we had to keep walking for a little while and we did and we did finally eventually come to the base of the first switchback. Right. And I sort of like did like a little bit of a a turn, like a a right turn. A little bit of a turn. To like get up to that like boop to come upwards. (laughs) And when we got there, it was like, okay, 
that took a lot longer than I thought it was going to take. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, maybe this section, it won't feel as long. This first switchback, yeah. Yeah. So we begin the ascent up the switchback. This was when the incline decided never to stop again. <laughs> yep. At the incline, it was like, okay, now it's incline. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I do have to say, like, reflecting back, though, based off of this and... Some of the other hikes that we did in Glacier and then the hikes we did in the Tetons, this was like small potatoes compared to... This, which is back to what we were saying earlier about it being a primer hike. Yeah. It was a great hike to let our bodies know what to sort of hopefully expect. Yeah. Though totally small potatoes Mm -hmm. in comparison. Yes. We know that we have to also go up two more switchbacks aside from this first one. This incline does make us pretty tired pretty quickly. Oh, mm-hmm. Well, and, remember, um, we had just driven. We had just, yeah. We'd basically come off of a long drive. Probably slept not the best, although I know you sleep like, you know, you made a pact with Ursula the Sea Witch for sleep. <laughs> um, but, and then like, it was up at four in the morning. So our bodies were probably like, like whiplashed at this point fully we are ascending and what is making the incline a little more dealable is the fact that one there's like mild moments of reprieve mild short moments of flatness where like things then continue to go up Mm -hmm. but the views just get more and more unforgettable as we continue to climb up. It's pretty wild to be able to see so much of the valley below and that's the thing about glacier or any you know any park where you're hiking and you're you know climbing up a mountain essentially being able to see where you came from and also see how how much elevation you've gained because that is just kind of the coolest thing to have this bird's eye view of everything from below and it's so very lush and it's that early morning light and so there's something very magical about that you know in this moment uh we're both we both had kind of layered up because it was cool in the morning. Um, but we're like slowly starting to like peel layers off because as we were climbing, we were definitely building heat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And to what you were saying just then about being able to see the valley below glacier feels gigantic. And this was my first taste of what felt like climbing up something to look at all of the other things that are around Mm -hmm. and being able to really like see the different areas Mm -hmm. and going like, okay, I, I, that's where that was. That's where we just drove in. That's where that is over there. Yeah. And that's where that is. And essentially like only a handful of like big sort of things happening throughout Glacier National Park. Mm -hmm. This was my first taste at understanding that this was one way to get up this area where we were. And then there are also a couple of other ways to sort of get up around this area too. And then that would also be true later. But as we're walking, we finally get to the second switchback, which proves to be even more incline. And with that, let's take our second break. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage... Mia Swell. Mia Swell. Mm-hmm. Mia Swell. Mm-hmm. Mia Swell. <laughs> well, I it like is this. one of my favorite names on the list. Um, I like this because it could be read in two different ways. Like Mia's well, but Mia's well. Oh, she's Mia's well. well. She's doing well. Mia's well. <laughs> How's Mia? Mia's well. <laughs> you know what? 
Mia Swell. Mia is doing well for herself. Is a comparison wellness queen. <laughs> <laughs> she compares to people. Why comparison? Mia Swell. Well, Mia Swell. Oh. Oh, I'm yeah. also. Oh, uh, me I also. get it. I get it. She compares, but she's also here for wellness. <laughs> Interesting. I feel like she. And it's also me as well. It's her well on her property. <laughs> Hold on. She's no, no, a no. well queen. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. You're going real far with the whole well metaphor here. Well, okay. The well. comparison queen, I think, is really funny. And here's. I could see this me as well being a drag queen that, like, if say she's booked with another queen, she's like bringing in an act that is like very similar in energy and mm-hmm. like bigger and better than mm-hmm. this other queen, mm-hmm. like a knockoff of the same dress, mm-hmm. like a like a similar production mm-hmm. number merch that is somehow mm-hmm. bigger and better. It's like, but that's the joke mm-hmm. is that this queen like morphs herself into like all these different other kinds mm-hmm. of queens in order to like mm-hmm. try and like be better Mm -hmm. but i do think she also has like a wellness brand and it is me as well and the logo is a well (laughs) and she are really going she's also you know it's like allez-vous cosmetics (laughs) oh so it's a she's like it's a a fictional pyramid scheme mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but also Listen, I'm going to take it and run. Take it and run with it. There's so, so many as well. Wordplay. Me as well is like the, is like her. It's her fountain of youth. It's her fountain of youth. Me it's, as well, instead of the fountain of youth. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. So it's like skincare products yeah. that all come from the well. Mm-hmm. Me as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. What does um, she lip sync? I'm so pretty. Oh, okay. so pretty. Oh, I feel pretty. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. great. So she sings. Maybe she lip syncs. I feel pretty. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Um, a material girl. She mashes them up. Oh, that's an interesting mashup. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take it. And I feel like her uh, her skincare products are obviously her merch. Oh yeah. Exactly. She's got a lot going on, but you know what? She's an entrepreneur. She does. Mm-hmm. If you, as long as you download the app, you can <laughs> right. get access to everything first. <laughs> Me as well, Wells app. <laughs> I feel like I need like a, we need a quippy name for her app. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know what it is yet, mm. but I'm sure Me as well will come mm-hmm. up with that. So Thadies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage. Me as well. Okay, so we continue. We continue. And we do see a few people. There was like a couple that was like, oh, yeah, you know, got to get out here early. They were coming down already. Um, There was a man that passed us that had some bells on. And we're like, oh, well, that's interesting. Do we need bells? Do we need bells? Or are we just gay enough? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be there with bells on is actually part of our all of our outfits. Um So, yeah. So, I mean, I do have to say, despite the incline and like now that I'm like really remembering it and sitting with it, I'm like, this was a lot of incline at first. It's just very lush. Everything around us is just so, so lush, which was so wonderful for this like early morning hike. And we are fully in the shade still because of the 
you know, where we're at, which was really, really lovely considering how warm it was when we got to East Glacier the day before. As we hit our third switchback, it's a little bit more level. We realize we're sort of like, we do have some incline on this third switchback, you know, after we hit it, but then it starts to really kind of flatten out. And we're we like, knew we were getting, we're to getting the top. close to the top. Yeah. Something else we saw here were some grouses. Yeah. Which are not like little gruff mouses. No. A grouse is the type of bird. Yeah, it's sort of like a pheasant or a quail, I guess, is the best comparison. That but they were about on their feet walking On the trail. Around. On the and trail. And they were just like running ahead of us. We Hanging weren't chasing out. them and not trying to get close, but we were walking in that direction. And then they sort of like booped off the trail when they realized that they had really nowhere else to go. At this point, we really don't see anybody else I mean, the and we... We Except really that had the trail to ourselves most of the way. When we were on that third leg of the switchback, he did. He was coming down. He had definitely made good time, that's for sure. So from here, we get to what is the summit, mm-hmm. which is actually a bit of an event here on Apgar Lookout because there's a watchtower. Yeah, and there's like a radio tower that's there too, right, um, right near the watchtower. So we climb up this watchtower which is boarded up it's closed um but the walkway around it was open you could walk around which was great because you really do get some beautiful views i know we tried to take some photos but the sun was so very bright like we tried to take some ussies oh and like that was just like blinding like you know light in our (laughs) eyes because it was early early morning i think it took us about an hour and a half to get up if I remember correctly. Yeah, that sounds right. Which felt pretty good considering that it was, we started probably around 6.30, I would guess. And we guess. thought maybe it'll take us an hour to get down. Right. Um, lies. <laughs> lies, but anyway. Take some photos. There was a bathroom up there, but I don't remember that it was open. I don't remember. I don't think I remember specifically it. that there was a sign yeah. that said that there was a bathroom. Yeah. But I never saw it, and I was. I think like, you had to go off trail. Yeah, that may have been the bathroom. Maybe the so. The woods, and you know, we spent some time up here, soaked it all in, and then we turned ourselves around and went back. We don't see people immediately on the way back down, but we do start to see some folks, and then the questions begin. The questions are begin. we close? How much further? And yeah. this is always the you know the hard judgment it's game like to give you. I personally feel like I really do want to give someone an accurate answer, but the assumptions underneath that question are people hike at different speeds. Right. The amount of time it took me to get there from here is different for you. Right. right? So I always just try to say like, it took me this long because it's like, there's no way to give an objective answer to that. The thing that was easier here on this trail is with three switchbacks, we could say, you're really not that far from the next turn or you got about halfway, you know, you're about halfway up the switchback yeah. from what we could sort if, of gauge. Yeah, gauging like distance versus time. Yeah. And some people do are like, but how much time? And mm-hmm. then I'll just answer for myself. Yeah. It took us this long. Yeah, yeah. So um, we definitely have this like discussion on the way down of who are we? Oh, yeah. Sudden, <laughs> what do we like, want in our Now lives? we're like walking down and like w- one of the most interesting things I I find about our friendship is like our um our love of ghosts <laughs> <laughs> but also our um our consistent deep discussion mm-hmm. like we like will suddenly be in a deep discussion about literally anything mm-hmm. um at any point in time like it's we, true. we'll be like crossword puzzling and then it's like suddenly we're talking about what is grief 
<laughs> and like, <laughs> like right. when have you experienced grief? Mm-hmm. Tell me about a time where you've like, and it's then therapy and here we go. without the degree, <laughs> right? But it's like the thing that you you know that friends can can do for sure. each other, yeah. But this was sort of happening on the way down mm-hmm. with existential questions, mm. like you know, who are we and what do we want, mm-hmm. and also like, what's your relationship to the to that question? What do I want, mm-hmm. and where are you right now in your own life with that question? Mm-hmm. Right, like we were doing all that, mm-hmm. which I thought was great. Yeah, and then that was when we started talking about second acts. And like, we're like, oh, midlife crisis, second acts. And I was like, I wonder what my second act will be. And then I said, maybe we're in our second act. And then how did you respond? I, I think I dramatically threw everything to the ground <laughs> <laughs> and melted. Um, I said, absolutely not. I'm not, not in my, my second, second act. act. <laughs> I'm waiting for that. In that moment, I'm not I even like, in, even intermission yet. Yeah. It's like, well, I think we can learn from our triggers. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, you know, what's this bringing up for you? Yeah. Right. So that was our topic of discussion all the way down. Mm -hmm. I encourage everybody to like not be afraid of like... No, have those deep deep discussions. discussions like that. We definitely did make better time on the way down, but it it took took us us like like an an hour and 15. I was going to say like like hour 10, hour 15, something like that. Not a lot of shave off there. We didn't shave off a lot. No, definitely not as many people... I mean, I think maybe we saw in total going up and down like 10, 10 people. In the total. flat section at the bottom, like before the switchbacks yeah. or after the switchbacks, if you're coming back, still felt like forever. It did. It felt like It was forever. like, oh, this two miles kind of sucks right now. It really like, sucks. Aren't we back to the car like, yet? Oh, we're, we're down and we're done with yeah. the decline. Yeah. And now we have to walk this flat part yeah. for ever it felt sort of like i'm referencing a few episodes back when or several episodes back in yellowstone when we were on the um those oh the fairy falls Mm. and follies Mm. when we like got back to the falls after like getting lost and then we had to like walk that two and a half miles back to the car that was horrible anyway yeah um well we were also sort of like we have lots of other things that we wanted to do today specifically today yeah in yeah. this first day in glacier we're like where is the car because we got things to do and it was still early it was only like 9 a.m but things we did do all right so let's put the apgar lookout on the karen stone scale i would certainly agree that it was strenuous I feel like for me, it was a seven on the Karen Stone scale. I was going to say a six. I feel like it was comparatively to the rest of Glacier thinking about that. And I don't think it was like too rocky. It was a lot of incline. I, I'd say a good solid six. There yeah. weren't a lot of spots on that trail to sort of sit no. and uh, no. recoup and get out of the way. Mm-hmm. You just had to keep moving. You did. And that's that's sort of why it became a seven for me. Because like there wasn't a lot of resting places. Yeah. Okay, so 13 out of 20, Karen Stones. Great. And let's end this episode with some Jeopardy-style trivia. Wonderful. I'll go first. I'm ready. My Jeopardy is titled Animal Kingdom. And this is because we saw those grouses. Um, oh. We also saw some some other things during this day, not that we've discussed in this episode yet, but in next episode. So this is all about identifying the animal's collective noun. 
so like a flagrance of flamingos. Oh, so you're gonna need to okay. based. Well, off it's a flamboyance. Flamboyance. Of sorry, flamingos. You're gonna need to identify the collective noun for the animal that I give you based off of the clue. Okay, I'm getting a clue. You're getting. You're a not clue. just giving me the animal. No. Okay. Well, I great. Do that. Okay. I mean, I would <clears throat> for one hundred. A group of kittens may be referred to as this. No, not the Barnes and Noble e-reader, but the Amazon version. What is the nook of kittens? Nope, not the Barnes and Noble oh. e-reader version, but the Amazon one. Oh, that is the Barnes and Noble one. What is the Kindle of kittens? Right, a Kindle of kittens. That's so what is a Kindle cute. Of kittens? I love mm-hmm. it. Okay, for two hundred. While a pod is one way to describe a group of whales, they may also be referred to as this, or what ladies' legs may have been slangly referred to in the 40s and 50s. What is gams? That's correct. What is a gam of whales? Wow. (laughs) Pulled that one out of nowhere. (laughs) You got it, though. Um, For 300, a group of otters is referred to as this, which if grouped together could probably help you to safely travel downriver like its wooden counterpart. What is a raft? Correct. Look at you go. You're getting them. All right. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, it's not a kayak of otters, <laughs> and it's not a canoe of otters. <laughs> but those would be great pronouns right. or nouns. Okay, for four hundred kayak of otters, <laughs> kayak of otters, kayak otters. Uh, for four hundred, a group of rhinoceroses is referred to as this, or what noise you would hear if you let them loose in a china shop. What is a crash of rhinoceros? Look at you. You are just so smart. You're getting that. Four for four. Four for four. Okay. And four five hundred. A cluster of toads is referred to as this, although I would hate to have to tie them all together to get it. What is a knot of toads? Oh my god, five for five. (laughs) You got it, girl. (laughs) Great. And that is Animal Kingdom. I had fun with that one. That was really fun. That was really satisfying. This one is inspired by Apgar Lookout because I found the Apgar Lookout trail to be harder than it looked. Mm-hmm. So this category is called Lookout. These are harder than they look. Okay, great. Okay. So in this category, I'm going to give you three things. Okay. First, you have to identify what is the commonality. What uh, binds them together. Binds them together. Okay. But one of them is an outlier. And you also, because look out, one of them is an outlier. Okay. And you have to identify the outlier and why it's an outlier. Oh, so this is sort of like in the trivia book that we have. Uh, yes. It's odd man out. Uh, yes. Sort of like odd, odd man out. Odd person out. Sure. Right. So you have to identify why they're grouped. Okay. And there is something that groups them together. Okay. But then there is one that shouldn't be there. Okay. Or one that is like different from the rest. Ready? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Filled with terror. For 100. The Aviator. Elizabeth. Blue Jasmine. Okay. What is Kate Blanchett as the binder of them together? Yes, but specifically... There's a little more there. Kate Blanchett. Not only was she in these movies. She produced them? No. She directed them? No. She played a historical figure in them. She won an award uh, for no, them. No, she did not win an award. She was nominated for, for an Academy Award. Correct. For she was nominated Jesus for an Academy Christ. Award for all three of these, but one of them is an outlier. Who is who's writing Jeopardy? That's hard. This <laughs> I told queer. you. Look out. Whew. Harder than you thought. All right. Um, so which one? So which one is the outlier? Um, 
a it's the aviator because she actually won for that. The answer is Elizabeth because she actually did not win for Elizabeth. Oh, okay. She won for the aviator and Blue Jasmine. Okay. Great. Great. Strap I told you in. these are packing a punch. I guess Okay, so. ready? Mm-hmm. I just had All animal right. pronouns. <laughs> <laughs> for 200. Sophie's Choice, A Cry in the Dark, The Hours. Okay, it's what is Meryl Streep's performance when yes. she was nominated for each of these? <laughs> it, okay, it, they are Meryl Streep performances. Okay, well now you have me concerned because you said... <laughs> now one's an outlier. Why is one of them an outlier? So it was Sophie's Choice, A Cry in the Dark in the Hours. It's A Cry in the Dark because she didn't win anything for that. Incorrect. Okay. So I would have taken Sophie's Choice because it was the only one of the three that she did win an Oscar for. Okay. Or I would have taken the hours because it's the only one of the three she was not nominated for. Okay. Right. Even though her performance was wonderful. Okay. okay Should great. have been called the weeks. <laughs> <clears throat> Are you ready for 300? No, I'm not. <laughs> it's just like all of my body is seized up. Julie and Julia. Mm-hmm. Doubt. Mm-hmm. The Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. So Meryl Streep is the binding agent again. Correct. Um, and the outlier is um, The Devil Wears Prada because Amy Adams isn't in it. That is correct. I would have also accepted that Doubt was the outlier because Stanley Tucci wasn't in it. That's true. So it gave you two roads there. Okay. Okay. I chose the one. <laughs> but you got it for 400. Mm-hmm. Mariah Carey, Katy Perry, Jennifer Lopez. Well, I think that Jennifer Lopez is the outlier because Wait, her last what binds name them doesn't together? have Aryan. <laughs> what, <laughs> what binds them together? Um, their love of the movie The Craft. Um, <laughs> I um, wonder if they all independently love that movie. Um, what binds them together? That they were all in a music video relationship with Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> I do not know if that is to be true. I don't know. I have no um, idea what binds them. They were all judges on American Idol. Okay. Okay. A show I do not watch. And then what, which is the outlier? Um, oh my God. I don't watch American Idol either, but I did know they were all judges. I guess that, um, I'm sweating over here. I would say Jennifer Lopez is the outlier because she also has a successful film career. I'll take that. I have written down here, Katy Perry was the outlier because she was not born in the state of New York. She was born in California. Okay. But I'll take that because okay. Jennifer Lopez is also a successful actor mm-hmm. Is in addition to being a recording mm-hmm. artist. So yes, that counts. Mm-hmm. Look at how it falls. Well, circled. half of it counts. Full circled back to yeah. okay. Hustlers. Finally, <laughs> full circled back. We got there, right? Because Jennifer Lopez was in second act. And the other two were not. <laughs> okay, and finally. Gosh, talk about... Like, I know I've written some doozy categories, but this one is a, a doozy. <laughs> but I liked it because it's like, look out. It's harder than you think, mm-hmm. right? For 500. Mm-hmm. Henry the fourth, mm-hmm. Henry the fifth, mm-hmm. Henry the sixth. They were all plays written by William Shakespeare. That is That's true. And together. also Kings of England. And also Kings of England. So which one is the outlier? Um, Henry the fourth, because it, um, a major motion picture wasn't made about it. 
That is a great guess. Uh-huh. I was looking for Henry V because it is only one play. Okay. Henry IV and Henry VI are multiple plays. And that is, look out, girl. <laughs> <laughs> look out, girl. This one's hard. <laughs> This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by us, Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gaze at the National Parks at gmail.com. And to find out more about parks visited on this show, visit our website, gaze at the National Parks.com. Or visit our shop, shop.gazeatthenationalpark.com. That's gaze, G-A-Z-E. All original artwork featured on Instagram, on our website, and in the Gaze shop is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode, that we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Ocean County, New Jersey. Thank you.